a KQED HD production. Literary giant Jules Verne once described the ocean as the physical embodiment of a supernatural existence. Far beneath its vast blue surface pulses a world of wonder and mystery. And today, scientists are probing its darkest, deepest reaches to discover rich forests of life never before explored. We have a new world of deep water corals right off the coast of Monterey. We didn't know there are coral gardens down below that are like undersea forests. You can find them from five feet deep all the way down to 12,000 feet, all up and down the California coast. Deep sea corals come in different sizes and shapes. The types of corals we have off our coast often are, are things called sea fans, and they can be tree-like, small bushes, small little clumps, and can be anywhere from hundreds to thousands of years old. For hundreds of years, fishermen hauled up fragments of deep-sea corals in their nets. But only within the past 15 years have scientists been able to descend thousands of feet to explore the hidden world of these ancient, slow-growing animals. The ocean is massive. Uh, there's an upper layer that has a light. Then there's an oxygen minimum zone where there's a little less oxygen. And then there's a huge deep-sea where it's uh, black, there's absolutely no light, it's often close to freezing, and uh, just to visit those areas is a tremendous feat of technology. At the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute in Moss Landing, California, engineers are developing the high-tech tools to plumb these depths where no divers can survive. This is the ROV dock rickets. This machine can dive to about 12,000 feet, 13,000 feet deep. It has a variety of cameras on it. It has these robotic arms that you can see here that are just like the arms and hands of a human. It is really opening up a new era of underwater science. This remotely operated vehicle is also opening up a keen understanding of how mountains thousands of feet beneath the sea help coral communities flourish. A seamount is a perfect place for a deep sea coral to live. There's volcanic rock to attach to, as opposed to mud. And as the deep sea currents hit the side of the seamount, the currents rush up to the top, bringing nutrients, and the corals position themselves so that they're like nets, catching all of the food that's coming up the side of the seamount. In 2006, marine biologists Jim Barry and Andrew DeVogelaire embarked on an ocean expedition 80 miles southwest of Monterey to the 26-mile-long Davidson Seamount. When I tell you about our first time seeing the Davidson Seamount, I still get chills about it. Um, after two hours of going down through the black, as the remotely operated vehicle approaches, out of the shadows come these huge corals. Imagine 4,000 feet deep, freezing water, and the beauty that we see. These are about one or two meters high. It's amazing. Look at this thing blowing in the wind. At the Davidson Seamount, we have found 30 different corals, deep sea corals. Three of them, so far, are new to science. One of them looks like a stack of white Christmas lights without the wires, just glassy white, shining 
beautiful. In 2009, spurred by the striking images of life captured there, Congress expanded the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary to include the seamount. But deep sea corals are not just beautiful to behold. Like their more famous tropical reef cousins, they support a vast web of marine life. Coral reefs only make up about a 1% of the ocean surface, but they hold within them about 25% of the known marine species. And that's undoubtedly true of the deep sea corals as well. Um, imagine a flat rock that just has nothing on it. How much life is there gonna be living around it? How many fish, how many invertebrates? Not much, but take that same rock and put corals on it. And all of a sudden you're beginning to build a city and other organisms come and live in that city. Rockfish, crabs, shrimp, worms, other little sponges and corals that all can make a living in part because that one big coral might be sitting there. And in the end, you get this entire ecosystem on the top of these seamounts. A closer look reveals the tiny, tireless architect that lives in the coral and constructs this community vital to so many. The polyp of a coral is a really interesting creature. They spend their time trying to catch food with the tentacles, stuffing the food into their mouths. And on the outside of that polyp, the coral then secretes its skeleton. It sits in a small hole in that skeleton. That's what we're seeing here. Now, a coral is just not one polyp. Often there's hundreds or thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of polyps. And, and so those skeletons of all those polyps, they kind of fuse together and they make a big, a, basically an apartment building. All corals do this. They build their skeleton on the outside of the polyps. And sometimes the polyps are building mostly a protein skeleton and that can be pretty flexible and we call them soft corals. Sometimes it's, it's a hard limestone that's very rigid, and those are the stony corals. Most corals make their skeletons from dissolved calcium and carbonate found in seawater. In the deep sea, most of the corals we have off the Pacific coast are soft corals. Some are harder than others. This is the bamboo coral. These grow to about five feet high over about one to two hundred years. And they have a hard calcium carbonate skeleton, just like a clamshell. But they also have these little nodes in their skeleton that allows them to be flexible. For faster growing tropical corals, making a skeleton requires a lot of energy. So having a tenant to help is key. The corals are animals, but they have a trick up their sleeve. They have algae that live inside them, and those algae photosynthesize. That means they grab light from the sun and they make food out of it and they transfer that food to the coral. The algae powers the coral, the coral makes the skeleton, and the skeleton grows into these big, huge structures that we call coral reefs. Deep sea corals don't have this symbiotic relationship with algae to help them grow. Now, down deep, there's hardly any light, and there's no algae in the corals because there's no light, and so those corals are all on their own. They don't have all that extra energy, and they can't make those big, huge skeletons that we call reefs. So they grow very slowly. Then those corals can only make a living by capturing the small amount of food that comes drifting by. But making a living will get even harder for all corals as the chemistry of the ocean continues to change. Ocean acidification is a term that describes the increasing acidity 
and change in ocean chemistry related to CO2 emissions from our atmosphere. The ocean surface is about 25 to 30 percent more acidic now than it was about 150 years ago. And that's going to increase as we move through this century. The increasing carbon dioxide at the surface is penetrating the deep sea, making it more acidic as well. As the acidity increases, carbonate decreases. Some animals, like corals and sea urchins, need carbonate to grow. Jim Barry is studying urchins to see how resilient they are to acidity. In this side, we have animals that are exposed to water we expect 50 to 100 years from now. How do they respond to that acidity over about three to four months? They don't grow as well, they don't feed as well. With even more acidic waters, the shells start to dissolve, the animals die. Barry hopes to try this experiment next on corals to understand what impact the ocean's changing chemistry is having on them as well. The Pacific Ocean is already acidic. By the time my son, who's 12 now, when he's my age, he's gonna probably see that in the headlines, deep sea corals disappearing from our coast. And yet, ocean acidification is not the most immediate threat to the survival of corals. A bottom trawling is a way of gathering fish, essentially dragging large nets along the seafloor and gathering up everything um, along the muddy bottoms. That is going to eliminate the corals that are growing in those areas. Trawling destroys millions of pounds of corals a year, from the warm waters off Florida to the frigid waters of the Bering Sea. At least key areas off the California coast, including the Davidson Seamount, are safe, thanks to recent state and federal bans on trawling along the west coast. With the tools now at hand to venture miles beneath the ocean, the work is just beginning to survey the breadth and diversity of these colorful, enigmatic animals. The history of humanity is about exploring but there's still a lot of exploration to be done. For the moon, we have pictures of it. We don't have that for the deep sea. So we have to go down there with cameras, remotely operated vehicles, and observe what's there. And we can find new species, spectacular new forms on the seafloor. Exploration is not over. It's just starting with the technology we have. <laughs>